Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly award-winning podcast, even in the time of the apocalypse, where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church and campus ministry here in Los Angeles, California, where we are keeping our love locked down. And I'm Zach Pierce. I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder, uh, where uh, I know there's a lot of current events going on, Matt. I know that, right? There's news. Uh, there are statistics out there. But I know everybody wants to get good information right now. And I know that the information that people want to receive is they want to know what the weather is like. Everybody's talking about the weather these days. We've all got the app on our phones. But listener, you don't have to worry about the app. Let me tell you what the weather is like in Boulder, Colorado. It's a snowstorm. Which means my quarantined family of three Two adults working from home, one small child running around naked, pooping on the floor, are stuck inside, and we cannot even have family bike ride today. Hell has come to earth, Matt. It's happened, yeah. Fortunately, uh, we're, we're prepared, Zach. We're preparing the world through this, through this podcast. Uh, I'm so glad that you shared about the weather. Should we talk about the weather, or should we talk about the government? Oh. Uh, or... Shall we talk about the guests that we have Let's do all three. on the podcast? Tyra Dennis, welcome to The Vinyl Preacher. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Second time on the pod. You're in the two-time, two-time club. I love that. I love being in the two-time club. Let's just be- is, there any, is there anyone else well, in the two-time club? Of course, there's Wyclef. Club? It's the first one in the two-times, two-times club. Uh, then uh, Jennifer Manis, I believe, has been on more than once. Uh, and Savannah Sullivan, okay. I know for sure, has been once. Oh, it's mm-hmm. an elite company right there. Four times, four times are, four times people are in the two times club. Well, welcome, welcome back to the Vinyl Preacher. We heard a little bit about uh, how Zach's time in the apocalypse is going. How is your time in the apocalypse, Tara? Um, my time in the apocalypse is definitely unique. Um, I am at home from work because we are not allowed to be in our offices right now. Um, and speaking of the weather, as badly as I want to say it's cloudy with a chance of meatballs, it's actually 57 with rain. Where I live, I live in Paramount, which is a city right outside of Los Angeles. Um, I'm very close to Disneyland, uh, who, which is also closed right now. Mm. I am a season. Can it get any worse? Yeah, like I am sad about that. Um, but, you know, I'm living. I got toilet paper and uh, paper towels and disinfectant. So we're living the dream. I was trying to talk. We're still figuring out Zoom. That's uh, <laughs> the other reality of the apocalypse, I think, is all of us are figuring out how to use Zoom. Some of us are trying to figure out how to use it for uh, ministry. Others of us are just playing with the background. Yeah, that's what I've done, Matt. I've spent, you know, most of my professional life over the past seven days in Zoom meetings. Um, it turns out Zoom meetings are pretty novel. They're kind of fun or interesting at first. Uh, but then, you know, it turns out most Zoom meetings could have been an email also. So I spent <clears throat> Zoom meetings that I've been in. Uh, mostly, you can know you can change the background. You have a virtual background. Did I talk about this last week on the pod? Who knows? You're going to get it twice. Just like, uh, well, you can change the background uh, so that people don't see your naked child running through the background. Um, comes with some built-in ones. You can be up in space, which is a safe place to be during the apocalypse. You're not going to get infected up in space. I don't think viruses can live in space, but I could be wrong. I've never been there before. 
but then you can also upload your own. Of course, I uh, at first I uploaded uh, St. Peter's Basilica in Rome because I, I thought that would be kind of funny. I uh, have got an empty airplane uh, and I've got, uh, you know, the Forrest Gump bench because Tom Hanks has uh, coronavirus and that's uh, funny that I'm sitting next to him. The one I enjoyed the most was with our students the other night. We had a we had our big Zoom meeting for Bread and Belonging and I screenshotted one of their uh, pictures of them in the Zoom and made that my background because <laughs> uh, I don't know. But that's what I've been doing with my time. Matt. Well, uh, while some of us are figuring out how to unmute ourselves, others of us playing around with our backgrounds. Uh, some of us are doing live concerts on Facebook to bring the world <laughs> some hope and joy in the midst of these tumultuous times. Tyra, you've been doing concerts. Um, I have been doing concerts and uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I've never actually ever thought about doing a concert uh, live stream. And, and if I have, it's been, let's do a concert live and then set up a live streaming, <laughs> live streaming device and show everyone else who couldn't make it. Um, but I was, I was on Facebook and I just saw all these different people and like kids, adults, um, elders, they were just talking about how depressed they were and how sad they are. And um, a lot of them just wanted something to kind of get their minds off of all of the news feeds of COVID-19. And for me, music was that thing. I've literally been exchanging playlists with friends, um, getting on Zoom and with a bassist and he plays and I play keys and we were like going back and forth. And I thought, wow, like this helps me, let's help someone else. So I just randomly did it and asked people for suggestions and it ended up with like 600, definitely over 600 views. I think someone said it was like at 700 today, the first one. Um, and so that was really interesting and it was shared so many times. And so I did it again. I didn't have as many people um, because I think folks are starting to, pull themselves in different directions with trying to meet and talk and chat with all their colleagues and friends and family members. Um, but they're still up and people can go see them if they want it. And then it turned into working with uh, Music Mayhem, the collective, which I can explain what that is later. Um, but the collective of Music Mayhem coming together with some of our former house band members from the ELCA Gathering 2018, creating this concert that we're going to do live on Saturday um, on the ELCA Youth Gatherings Facebook page. So we're excited about that. We'll be doing it live from St. Mark's Lutheran Church here in Los Angeles, never heard California. Of it. Um, you, I'm sorry, what was that, Zach? I've never, never heard of that place. Yeah, I just found out about them. They're across from USC. <laughs> There's like a taco oh, the one across from USC. Yeah, yeah. and a Quiznos or something, a Togo's nearby. <laughs> but I heard the pastor's pretty cool and pulls some strings and they let us go in and be great. So we're going to be great with y'all on Saturday. Yep, I pulled some strings. It was a lot of string pulling to make it happen. <laughs> um, yeah, we're excited. That's super cool. Concert live from St. Mark's. I'm just, I'm excited for like the... I feel like we need like a poster. <laughs> no one's gonna see it because we're all stuck in our houses. <laughs> I know. It's true. I'm gonna go plaster around the city. People can see it while they're driving in their cars. Oh, very exciting though. Traditionally, for musicians, uh, one of the, the, the it seems to me, uh, you know, I'm a professional musician, you're a professional musician, 
we share a lot in common. We know this, right? But we know that a really critical part of being a professional musician is uh, performing said music, uh, typically at a slightly higher elevation than other people, right? Uh, And uh, sometimes there are chairs scattered uh, around, typically circular uh, or semi-circular, rounded, you know, very rarely other straight angles. Uh, and, and oftentimes in these chairs, people either sit or they stand in front of it. You know, you're doing a really good job if they're standing in front of the chair. Uh, some people, um, I, don't, I don't know what you call that, but that's a sensation I've experienced as a professional musician uh, is playing music with other people in a room standing in front of chairs, uh, looking at their phones. Uh, but uh, these days, I imagine that's pretty hard for a professional musician uh, to perform music in front of uh, other people. Gosh, I wish there was a word for that. Uh, with chairs, assembly, I don't know what the word is. Uh, how, how, as we've been talking a lot on the podcast about religious leaders and worship leaders, uh, how so far, we're about a weekend, uh, has the quarantine affected you as a, just as a professional musician uh, and the months ahead of, of not being able to perform in front of like real humans? Um, you know, that's an interesting question. I'm watching a lot of musicians struggle with that um, and finding their peace, especially if you have a band, because if you are the singer, but you, you cannot back yourself, you need your pianist or your guitarist, and you guys can't be together at a safe distance. And I don't want to watch a live stream of a bassist by themselves. Let's be honest. Right, and that's, that's what I was going to say. Like, you don't, as humans, we want to hear the whole package or we want to see the whole package or we want it to be as close to what we remember their sound being, right? And so it is, a, it is very, very difficult. Um, but also, I think for me personally, what makes it even more difficult is that there is an exchange of energy between the performer and the audience member. And to just not have them there, you have to kind of create a safe space for them to be in their own spaces and giving off that energy to you. So example, one of the songs I did was uh, Cheryl's, Cheryl Crow's All I Wanna Do. And I, I love that song. I, you know, I was born in the eighties, grew up in the nineties, all about Cheryl Crow. <laughs> really too bad about her and Lance. But yeah, yeah man, but. But yes, yeah, so I love I love that song. Um, and I realized like folks also love that song, but they're they're not with me. So I, I did a comedic version of it. I did the whole intro and tried to pretend to sound like her and the whole thing until I really got into the song. And then people were responding like, oh, I love this song. This is so great. So even even there, you just have to tap into your creativity. Um, as much as possible and kind of get past yourself if you're doing it for yourself and yes all of us do it for a piece of ourselves Mm -hmm. because it's who we are to our core but if you remember that your gift is to share with the world and you look past yourself and you think about what others may need they may they may need a laugh so make it comedic because they may need um to cry so make make it emotional or whatever the case may be you will still feel that exchange um but if you are just if you're just doing it just to do it then you probably won't. And I think that's where it becomes difficult and that's where you start to lose your audience base, right? Um, there, are, there are artists, like performing artists, music artists. Then there are worship leaders and there are worshiping artists. And those are the people that are somewhere in between the two. Um, I like to consider myself a worshiping artist, whereas as a music artist, I have my own music and I do all types of artistic things, but I'm still a worship leader 
And no matter what I am doing, I am still always thinking about the fact that this is a gift I have to do kingdom work, right? So even if I am singing a love song or I'm singing a gospel song, at the end of the day, I'm still using my gift to heal and touch and reach and preach. And maybe I'm healing the girl with a broken heart who just got dumped yesterday, which was Valentine's Day. Or maybe I am healing the person with a broken heart who doesn't know that Christ is real, but here's the song all of a sudden that I sang because I sang another love song in the past that brought them back into watching me do it again. Now they're exposed to Christ and they're being healed in a different way. And so that, um, that for me is what kind of, what kind of works and just remembering what my role is as a worshiping artist and who I do it for and, and where my gift comes from. Um, I'm watching in my transparency, I'm watching a lot more secular artists where they only do secular music struggle with what you're talking about. I think we are realizing that humans need to hear about things that are more relevant to how they are feeling. And we are not always feeling good as hell or whatever, you know, <laughs> like we're just not always feeling that way. So, um, and a lot of times, you know, there certain, especially in pop culture right now, the music isn't really doing that as a whole. Now there are some artists, don't get me wrong, where they can make you emote, but as a whole, we are just not there um, anymore as a culture. And it's, it's just a weird time for music artists, professional musicians. Yeah. I like um, one of the, the jokes that I make uh, pretty regularly about myself. That's also kind of true is that, that I'll say that, you know, uh, I first, uh, I write sermons for me, most of the time. Um, uh, and, and that's half joking because you, you, clearly you need to consider your context and where people are at and what they need, like you said. But if it's not, if I'm not sold, if, I don't really, if I'm not really invested in what I'm putting out there, it's not going to work for anybody anyway. Uh, so like, if it's not good for me, it's not going to be good for anybody else. Uh, and so, so, so much of, of preaching, I think, is about you, the goal is to try to create this alternative reality is, is one of the ways we talk about it, right? Like, like you said, uh, kingdom stuff. Um, you got to create that and invite people into it. Uh, and so even more so, I imagine these days, music as a, as a music, uh, a more musical worship leader and as a, a preacher, uh, having to go through this medium, you got to really do the work of making sure that space is real for you. Um, cause it's going to have a harder time, I think, being translated through, through the, the zeros and ones and the numbers, uh, and the wires. But I want to ask you, you said it, you, you said this word, uh, it's a kind of a Pee Wee Herman deal, uh, Tyra, <laughs> what makes an artist religious and what makes an artist secular? What's the difference? Ooh, that's such a good conversation. Um, fun fact. So when I was growing up, well, actually, I was already grown, but I, I was in undergrad, so I, I still feel like I was growing. <laughs> um, I was a music director for the worship arts team at this church called The Takeover, which was a youth church of a mega church in Los Angeles called Faithful Central. And our youth pastors, uh, one of them, there were two, but the main one was Kirk Franklin. And so I would talk to him a lot every second and fourth Sundays when we met. I would talk to him every second and fourth Sunday. I would, I would uh, ask him... Um, should I be a secular artist or a gospel artist? I literally would struggle. I would waver because I did both in the church. I did this and outside of the church, I did that and um, ended up being 
starting this company called Music Mayhem, and we worked with both. Um, but a lot of our success at the time was in the secular world. And so my definition of it comes down to this. There's this thing that us religious or I should say Christians um, hear all the time. It doesn't matter what denomination of Christianity. I'm pretty sure every last one of us have heard this. Um, you are to be in the world, not of it, right? So for me, if I mm -hmm. am the producer of a record, you know, that gets sold to an artist who is talking about murder and promoting drugs and rape and all these types of things that culturally in, or influence our culture negatively, to me, that is a secular thing, right? Um, and if I am purposefully seeking out those types of clients, then that is where, um, where I would find myself and say, I am a secular artist. But as a, a religious, or I should say a Christian artist or an artist that is faith-based, I can still produce a record and make sure the music, the instrumental is in the hands of someone who is socially and culturally and spiritually aware of what's going on and responsible to what they put out into the world. So that anything that I touch is bringing light and love and positivity and still a reflection of what Christ wants me to look like. I would rather not touch things that promote destruction. And let me be very clear, I am a musician, which means I listen to all types of music and just, I'm gonna put it out there, to be quite honest, Kanye can do no wrong in my eyes. He just, he just cannot musically. I am a diehard Kanye fan. I think he is one of the most prolific musicians of our time. Um, I think he's a musical genius. What he does in his personal life. Just, just don't take his history class. Right. Just. Or his religious class, right? Um, but, <laughs> but what he does in his personal life is his business. This, this is like my thought pattern. What he does in his personal life is his business. Um, when he makes his personal life, when he makes his art that touches the world about his personal life, that's when it's my business, right? Because that's when it is truly affecting everyone, especially someone with such heavy influence like that. So I try my hardest not to misuse the influence that I've been given, um, which requires me to really stop and think, should I take every, every job opportunity offered to me? Um, if I do take this job, how does it affect those around me? How does it affect those that look up to me? And is it contradictory to the life that I say I live, to the walk that I say I walk, to the talk that I talk, right? And if it is, then that's when it becomes secular and I just, I cannot. Um, I know others would totally disagree with that, um, but that's just what it is for me. I try to make sure that who I am in front of the world, in front of my audience um, is the same person I am at Disneyland with my friends is the same person I am if we went out to lunch is the same person I am in a conference, right? I try to be the same person all the time and I don't always get it right, but I'm for sure not going to present one thing and live something totally different. I think that's where it gets really, really hazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what, I mean, one of the maybe core convictions of this podcast is the idea that that line between secular and religious is not, uh, is not clear, right? Like there's not like you right. need to say Jesus three times in a song for it to be religious. Uh, it's not that there's a sticker on it, um, but that that's, I mean, and we're just talking about music, but that's so much of the rest of life as well, that those, 
those boundaries are not clear and that's where we live most of our lives. And, and so, so moving there back and forth, I think it's some fun, holy work. Or too often it is an actual sticker on it. Like I know growing up, probably the music that I thought of as Christian was music that was on a contemporary Christian music label, right? Like literally a music label coming out of Nashville. And if it, it was Christian, if it was on one of those labels and if it wasn't, well, then it probably wasn't, you would want to be careful about it was what my youth pastor would tell me, right? Um, and what a false, what a false thing that is. Uh, you might even say that like, we try to bind music into these categories, but really gospel is boundless. Gospel is boundless. And, you know, just thinking about it, though, I want to say to Zach, I do understand how the lines are, we're we're constantly walking this area of gray, right? But naturally, humans know right from wrong. You ever just watched a child, like a very small child, you, you both have small children running around, they know when they're about to do something wrong, they almost stop in the middle of it right before they're gonna do it. They're gonna look at you and then they're gonna do it anyway and be like, oh, well, here it is. Or they're gonna be like, yeah, this is wrong. I really, really can't do this. They know that thing, that moment never really leaves us. And I think those moments, those internal moments, you can call it, you know, your subconscious, you can call it the voice within, some call it the Holy Spirit. That moment is convicting. It is telling you where the line is. When you cross that line of going from right to wrong is why I think we struggle, especially when we do it knowingly. And none of us, and none of us, whether you're in the church or not in the church, none of us are perfect, right? But I think my goal is to always try to one-up myself and be better than I was yesterday. I do not always get it right. And so... So often I have to go back and be like, my bad, this was very wrong. I did not do this right. Or I said the wrong thing or I hurt your feelings and I have to apologize and I have to, I have to own it. And that's not always easy too. But if I write a song about facing that girl in the mirror and putting her pride aside and she needs to go out into the world and live in love and love out loud and I'm not doing that in my personal life, then we have a, a serious problem, right? It becomes just a show. It becomes just a gimmick. It's not real and people feel the lack of authenticity they don't they don't know how to always say that to you but they feel it and then you just you end up losing your fan base so there, there's that whole thing but yeah uh boundlessness matt sorry didn't mean to take it off of that but yeah no, no but that's but that's real i mean I, I, yeah like so there's right and wrong but then there's also this sense of like being authentic to who you are right and so i'm gonna tie this back to a. So you did a song on one of your live concerts. Fortunately, somebody requested that you do this song. It's called I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. <laughs> and you did it on St. Patrick's Day, and it's from an Irish band. Kind of obscure in my household. My girls did not know who you 2 was, uh, so I'm clearly falling down on the job. They know Yoda. But the reason that I love this song is that that chorus is like, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And like a person of faith could respond. Like one response could be, what are you talking about? You have Jesus. Of course you found what you're looking for, right? But it says, no, like I'm still chasing, right? I'm still chasing the spirit around and seeing where it's going to take me next, right? Uh, I'm, I'm still chasing this thing, right? Like it's not, uh, and, and even the last verse of that song um, where it says, I believe in the kingdom come, but I'm still running, right? That you can have both things be true at the same time, that you can be rooted in this faith, but also be still chasing the spirit and seeing where it's going to lead you next. Um, I mean, there is something, I'll keep using the tagline of boundless, but there is something about that, right? That feels like 
we talked about the Lazarus story last week on the pod, uh, and there's something about that that feels unbound. Um, and you don't get that everywhere, right? Like very few artists are willing to go in like any direction like that and, and talk about things that are genuinely, genuinely true to who they are. Well, it's scary. Yeah. Um, it's scary for people to say, I struggle with this. I'll, I'll never forget. Um, I can't even believe I'm about to say this out loud on a podcast. Nick, we're going to cut that out to be the bump at the front. Okay. (laughs) But but like, seriously, um, because it's y'all too, it's a little different, even though I know a a bunch of other people are going to hear this. Tens of people will listen to Um, this. (laughs) But like, there were 31,000, something like 31,294 people that saw this girl with this big hair jumping up and down, praising, singing, playing with her friends. And we kind of just turned the stage into like a jamboree. And it was like Disneyland for us. And then we, um, and we just, what we decided that we didn't tell anyone was, doesn't matter um, what happens years to come if anyone ever reaches out to any of us individually or collectively about what we did, that means we changed our lives. So we will respond um, as if we were still on that stage because they are looking for that from us, right? Um, so fast forward, our basis passes away and we are devastated. We are devastated. And I wouldn't talk about it um, out loud. I would talk about it with the people who experienced it with me, his family, we worked on things and just all types of things that we did like you would normally do when someone passes and you're going through the bereavement process and months later and and in the process I was like living my worst life but I was living my best life because we just did the gathering I was in Louisiana visiting my family that I hadn't seen so I was a little little girl and some I had never met um I won this award and there were just all these different things going on and um my youth group was booming and and so I was on this high and this low and I was stuck, literally stuck in the gray. And for the first time I had Instagrammed about it. I put it on my IG story and I didn't realize how many kids followed me from the gathering. And they all, every last one of them in their own words, they would watch me do this thing every day. I would do this thing and just kind of talk through it and I would cry and I just have to get it out. And they would DM and say, we were waiting for you to show us how you would deal with this because you are our example. You are our leader. Were you going to be upset with God? Were you going to curse God? What were you going to do? We didn't know. We had just gotten all this from you and then this happened. So what were we going to get from you? And, and in so many ways, they let us, not just myself, but other house band members, they let us know it was okay for us to show them how transparent we needed to be to get ourselves through this, right? Um, and, and that was scary because you don't know how people are gonna respond. But if I, were, if I were to be completely honest, I was angry with God for a minute about a lot of things. And it wasn't just Mike, I lost, I think I lost a person like every two to three weeks after he died until the end of that year. Um, and so actually until March of 2019. And so it was rough for me. Like I was making a birthday plan and 
all the names I put on it, I had to go back through and scratch them out because they were dead. Like it was a very rough moment. Um, and so, so being able to show people that you are just as human as they are, you go through the same things that they do, no matter how they view you, whatever pedestal they put you on in their minds, when you become human, and I'm putting bunny ears up, like the little bunny finger ears, when you become human um, and allow yourself to become human and not be afraid to of the, that fine line you're about to walk, it does something different to any space that you create or you share your art with them. They are more willing to come into any space you invite them in because they know they're gonna get something real. Even if they're getting anger, it's real. They're getting joy, it's real. They're getting grief, it's real. Whatever they get from you though, you have broken down a wall. So they're going to get something real and, and they're going to give something real too. And I think that's kind of the part that just artists, we are so protective of our personal space that we forget that you need to sometimes break that quote fourth wall to give something so that you, your, your audience can give back. Right. And I think if, if you're struggling with that right now in the time of zoom concerts, please like be as authentic as possible everyone watching you wants the authenticity. They are just as scared of whatever is about to come, just like you are. And as much as the song is healing you, it's healing them too. But if you're just doing it for kicks and giggles, it's not gonna work. It's just, it's not gonna work. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So we like, it makes me think. So we started this uh, podcast joking about the apocalypse because that's how we get through the apocalypse is with some gallows humor <laughs> and trying to have some fun with it. But the truth is that like, this is a moment of grief and it's a moment and it's going to be more and more a moment of loss as these weeks turn into months. Um, and this is a moment of valley. It's a, it's a rough moment um, for the whole world in so many different ways. It's hitting us in all these different ways. When we originally talked about doing this podcast and Tyra had a new song to premiere and we're all excited and it's going to be awesome. Uh, None of this, none of this had happened, right? We're just going to like do a podcast. This is going to be great. Um, and now it's coming at this moment. But in some ways, I, I feel like it's also kind of perfect, right? Um, and so I wonder, Tyra, if you'd be willing to share a little bit about the origin of this, this song before we play it, because it also seems like it comes from a valley moment. And maybe that's perfect for the moment that now we all find ourselves in in different ways. I love that the... Uh... I think there's another, uh, I think that Tyra, Tyra touched on it, that there's another, Boundless sounds really fun and exciting and empowering. Uh, but the other side of Boundless is that it's a little uh, scary. Uh, because once you put something out there as an artist, as a musician, as a preacher, as whatever, you don't own it anymore. Um, and so like as we, we've had this conversation a little bit here about what's religious and what's secular. Uh, and surely the artist intent matters, but it's not the final word either. We can't, uh, and anybody who's preached a crappy sermon uh, that somebody tells you was great uh, knows that, that it's not fully your intent. Like you can't control what happens when you put it out there and that it is beyond the bounds of even, boundless sounds good, but there are a lot of things I'd like to be in control of, you know? Um. Yeah, man. Uh <laughs> 
So here's one of those moments where I'm about to walk that line. And once I say it, it's out there and I can't take this back. So um, I believe so much in my dream that I was willing to do not anything, but anything for my dream, um, anything within reason and uh, legality. <laughs> um, and within that, I became homeless. Um, I had this car that a client, um, I had a very wealthy client, one of my clients, and he bought me this car. And um, I didn't even tell him that I became homeless, which was even more odd. I was just still doing my job. Um, but I ended up living in my car and I didn't tell my family. I didn't, no one knew. I think Nope, not even my best friend knew. I, I, I think he found out after the fact, but um, no one knew. And I don't know if anyone's ever lived in their car, but it's not the best, it's not the best space to be. It's better than being on the street, um, but it's just not the best space to be. Um, and I got to a place where I just stopped talking to God. Like I've been praying, I've been talking, I've been praying, I've been reading my word, I've been praying, I'm in this car, I've been praying, I am hungry, I've been praying. I have to use the bathroom outside, I've been praying, I haven't taken a shower. Like I just wanna put y'all in the mental space of where someone could be in this, in this moment. I've been praying that no one kills me in my sleep or no one tries to rob me. Like I have to move my car, I don't wanna get a ticket. There are all these different things. Um, and then I just stopped praying because it was like, dang man, I've been, doing this whole thing and clearly you're not listening. So I'm gonna just be great and, and cease the prayers. Um, and so I was getting ready to go to sleep one night and the back seat, like lay across the back seat. I'm trying to be as descriptive as possible so you guys really can see this. I'm five, three and a half, um, so I can curl up in a ball and lay across the back seat of a car, but I'm definitely too long for one. Um, so I, I was getting ready to go to sleep. I pushed both the driver and front passenger seat all the way up as far as possible to give myself more space. And I just could not get comfortable and I, I became angry. And I started shouting at the top of my lungs in the car. I started crying, I just lost it. Um, and in the process of me losing it, um, I ended up in this space with this song. So originally this song was written for a musical theater piece, um, a production called Born to Rain that featured music by myself and the music of Kirk Franklin that my friend wrote and I scored and we toured it and it was great. And I kept hearing the song, like the actual music, the instrumentation replay in my head as I was going through like this crazy space. Um, and then the lyrics all changed. Like they just all changed and I felt like I needed to write it down before I forgot. So I started writing down the lyrics and I can chart without being next to my instrument. So I started writing out the chords. And um, as soon as I got around a piano, I don't, I don't know if I went to Guitar Center or Sam Mash, but it was one of those in North Hollywood. Oh, no, it was Van Nuys and it was Guitar Center. And I just started playing <laughs> the song and I was like, okay, this is what it is recorded it uh, off of my Mac, like through GarageBand, sent it to the guy who wrote the script. And he was like, this is great, but you know, we're already done with this. I'm like, no, you don't understand. And I still didn't explain it, but I wanted him to listen to the lyrics. And, I, and he, he didn't catch it immediately, he caught it after the fact. But the lyrics are saying, 
like no matter what what's going on no matter how bad the situation gets you are born to reign um you are called for something greater like yeah you're homeless and living in your car but you're called for something greater yeah we're in a pandemic and you're terrified to leave your home but you are called for something greater you are born to reign and each and every one of us has that thing that we're called to in us. We just forget. We, we, we don't tap in. And so we don't access it. And so then we never reign. But, it, but we were always born to do that thing. Um, and so the lyrics are literally a step-by-step process of what was happening in the car. I got down on my knees last night to pray. I heard the heavens calling out your name. And I, heard, I literally heard, like, my name. I thought, I literally thought someone was talking to me, like Tyra, Tyra. And I'm like, what is happening? I'm going, I literally thought I was going crazy. Um, but yeah, like I got down on my knees last night to pray. I heard the heavens calling out your name. They're saying you're chosen, you're born to reign. Um, I look into your eyes. You cannot take, or you can't take this pain. Hold fast to God's will and it's going to be okay. They're saying you're chosen, you're born to reign. I know that life can get a little rough. Just remember, though, that God will lift you up. Um, he's saying you're chosen, you are, you're born to reign. No matter what they say, no matter what it looks like, it'll be okay, you're born to reign. And so um, there, there are other lyrics, but that's the gist of the song. And, um, <laughs> and I just wanted, I wanted people to know, like, I had been through a lot, and if I could still find the light at the end of the tunnel like they could too and so I ended up extracting it from the show now granted the show is called Born to Rain so I wrote the song for the show it's fine they can do whatever they want with it and they know that but um but I just felt like it was a message I needed to be heard so I finally recorded it and I was afraid of what it would sound like and then I sent it to the vinyl preacher <laughs> I was like I need an honest opinion and if he liked it, then I was like, all right, let's tell people that they're born to rain. So, um, and I promised him whenever I release some type of music, I promised Matt he'll be the first one to do whatever. So here we are, Mac and Zach. Y'all got born to rain exclusively. I love it. Thank you for sharing that, Tyra. Thanks for being vulnerable and brave in that way. We are so excited. We get a world premiere right here. World on the vinyl preacher. You're gonna have to figure out how to work that into the intro now, man. <laughs> Award-winning podcast home to the world, world premiere. premiere. We're gonna figure out if we can uh we tested it. Let's see if we can play it. Here it is. The world premiere of Born to Rain by Tyra Lucia.
Lovely. Thank you, Tyra, for the privilege of premiering that song. How does it feel to hear it and have it out there? Um, <laughs> when, <laughs> so a couple of things. Um, when I, listening to it just now, um, I had a flashback to the studio session and um, it normally takes me like 30 minutes to an hour to record a record that I've already like written. Cause I, I practice and I just want to go in and knock it out. But um, this took me two days to record because I cried the entire first day. Engineer for the session is a really good friend of mine and uh, his name is Los. Well, that's, he goes by Los, we'll just say that. He's one half of the hit bangers. Um, but um, he had to literally like talk me through every line. Like I had to sing it line by line. So like I got down on my knees last night to pray and I would just burst into tears. And so I couldn't get through the rest of the song or even just like the rest of that little stanza, that verse. Um, Cause I, I, I just lose it. And, and listening to it now, I'm so glad that I had the people that I had work on it with me because it, it is a message that everyone I'm sure tries to tell themselves like, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. They have to keep reminding themselves. Um, also like, so I just, the mechanics behind the song, uh, the instrumentation, the piano is myself. Um, I played the piano. I'm very like, I'm a stickler for playing piano on songs that I write for myself. Um, and then I shot it to one of my other best friends <laughs> And he's a house producer. Like he loves EDM. He's all about like Coachella. Like that's his bread and butter um, from Detroit, actually. And um, and he, uh, no, he's not from Detroit. He's from Cincinnati. But either way, um, he, uh, I told him like he asked me what did I want it to sound like, and I said I want it to sound big. Like I want, I want to be able to hear this. Whatever this is, I want anyone to be able to hear it all across the world and connect to it. And so he did like these weird things with the drums and stuff and they just came out really cool. And every time I, I hear it, I just imagine myself standing on top of a hill next to all these people in the line and we're all like holding hands or standing and we're looking out and it's all the like quote underdog people that, you know, went through a lot of hardships and they rose above their hardships and they stand united. Um, and they're about to link up to go out and help others and so they can overcome their hardships. That's how I always hear the music. That's the visual that comes to my mind. Um, again, it's, a, it's exciting to have people hear it. It's also really scary because you don't know what they're going to say. They might hate it. I don't know. But um, I like it. I love it. So I hope you guys love it. And I, more than anything, hope that the message comes across I hope that it it reminds someone that they're not alone that they're going to be okay no matter what they're going through no matter what the situation looks like no matter what the naysayers say you know no matter how hurtful or how painful the scenarios are you are going to be okay because at the end of the day your purpose is bigger than this pain that you're going through your purpose is bigger than the lack of self-confidence your purpose is bigger than the lack of finances that you have your purpose is bigger than COVID-19 your purpose is bigger in all of this. And so no matter what this looks like for you, you are coming out of it because your purpose calls you to reign, period, point blank. And so um, 
it is my hope that that reaches that reaches the people. <laughs> hope. Amen. Amen. Well, it's a beautiful thing, and I think that message comes out not only in the the lyrics, but also just sonically um, through the instrumentation, but also through the gift of your voice, Tyra, which is, uh, as I was listening to it, I was thinking, oh yeah, there it comes, there it goes. She's going to do that thing with her voice that she did. It's kind of like when the Edge does a guitar solo and he does these really unique guitar solos. And I'm like, oh, here it comes. He's going to do that thing that he does. What? And I do the same thing with Tyra, when Tyra's singing. I go, oh, she's going to do that thing. Here she goes. Whoa, she's going up. She's taking us up. She's taking us higher. It's incredible. I'm like, what is this so, thing? So, uh, yeah, so I, I think that comes across. Uh, you you've got a voice that is at once powerful and vulnerable at the same time, and I think that that is where some of that message really comes through, even in the the sound of the things. So thank you for putting that beauty out into the world. Where can folks, uh, if they want to continue to be inspired by you and and hear your work, uh, how can how can they do that? Well, what they have to do, Matt, the only way to listen to this song is just to download this particular episode of the podcast over and over and over again. That's one option. Uh, that's one that's option. We can hear it. Besides I, that. I agree with Zach. Um, I should just like <laughs> tell everyone you have this many weeks to listen to the Vinyl Preacher until we release it. We are the title. Um, the reality of the situation is I sent it off so that it could go up on like Spotify, Amazon, title, right? But then COVID-19, make anyone wait after we did our, our podcast session here. Um, so yeah, Zach is actually right. Right now, you really can only really hear it Nick, get that on too. the Vinyl Preacher. That a I mean, it is very exclusive. And why not hear it on the Vinyl Preacher, right? Because you get to hear it with the story. Um, but also, uh, it mm-hmm. is up on SoundCloud. Um, it is on SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com backslash Tyra Lucia, T-Y-R-A-L-U-C-I-A. Um, and that is the only thing up on my SoundCloud right now. The project that I am working on is called Unrestricted. And so it is going to be a nice little EP of some songs that I've been working on. Um, and I'm really, really excited about that. I would theme a gathering unrestricted. <laughs> right? How say. sick is that? <laughs> How sick is that? Um, but yeah, so the goal is to like get some music out there just to help heal broken spirits and hearts. Um, maybe, maybe we can do an exclusive uh, acoustic unplugged hey. listening concert of unrestricted. Unplugged. Right? Oh my gosh, like MTV Unplugged? Yeah, like... Unplugged. Yeah, we could probably (laughs) figure that out. We'd have to um, get Zach out here from Colorado. But maybe that's a thing we can do. It's not that hard to get out. We gotta figure this out. Um, Have you ever sung with a banjo accompaniment? Because I think that would... I was going to say the the production could have used the arrangement. Um, Only one time, and... God bless their souls. They were not that great. And so it was a struggle bus moment. <laughs> I, I play banjo differently than most people think. So I'm curious to see what that is. <laughs> hear how that sounds. I'm not a straight bluegrasser. Like I can do some of that, but that's okay. not mine. I don't enjoy that part of it. Um, but Tara, I have, I have video ideas. Okay. I'm listening. Here's what I say, right? Born to rain. Uh, I think it's raining throughout the video. Okay. That's my big idea. Born to rain. And then what are we doing anyway? You, you, you lean on the play on words, right? 
because uh, you could think of rain as a really sad mm-hmm. thing, right? Uh, but sometimes rain, you know, you guys are in Southern California. Uh, sometimes rain's a really good thing, uh, you know. It's been raining yeah. for like a week and a half nonstop. I, I saw it, heard your I, tears, I, right? Like your tears in the I studio. I think Sean, Sean Kemp right? could like, make a cameo appearance because he was the rain man. Oh, the rain he man. Really, yeah. There's a lot of possibility here. You could probably get him off of cameo.com. Pretty I really want to... I'd that's so funny you guys are a mess I really I really want to do something that just shows different people in different places getting out of the dark space and letting their light shine again um like real life scenarios because this was a real life moment for me um and I know others have the same experience if not it's more intense um it may not be verbatim they may not be living in their car but they may be doing something else right um, but them just getting out of their their dark places and being called higher. Um, so that's like a that's like a TLC waterfall style, right? Where you've got like you've got a waterfall oh, theme throughout yeah. to mm-hmm. tie it together, but mm-hmm. then they're like the little like stories. vignette mm-hmm. stories. Oh yeah. Oh, that was a killer video. I mean, that's like a that's like a Tarantino like best like good Tarantino. I mean, it was until yeah. Tyra video. makes hers, and then clearly. Don't Go chase yeah, yeah. the waterfall. Can oh that be gosh. on the next Facebook Live concert? Yes. <laughs> Please. So that is another way that you can continue to hear and be inspired by Tyra. Hopefully you'll do some more uh, Facebook Live shows. Maybe. Yeah. Um, that is that is the plan. I, I can only do these because I can't go to work. So <laughs> Shout out to coronavirus for giving me a burst of creative uh, energy. <laughs> I, I do appreciate that, yeah. actually. Um, and we should continue to find ways to support our local artists, including you, in this time when the, the usual sources of support are not there. We've got to do that. So hopefully we'll post more ways to, uh, to do that on the podcast page. Yeah, it's rough for, for all creatives right now because most of our job is to bring people together right? In some form or fashion, or most of how we get paid is solely reliable um, on that piece. I mean, just if you just look at the church itself, offering may be very, very different for many communities, because if there's no like online giving, and people aren't showing up, then what happens? And that affects, you know, salaries, that affects how the church operates. Granted, we are there to do God's work, but also, we kind of need the money to keep the lights on and things of that nature. And let's just call a spade a spade. Many things do not function in this country without some type of monetary support. So I just want to remind everyone to just think about that as they're going throughout this whole process of social distancing. Um, and in some cases, quarantine, just where they really just cannot leave. Um, what ways can you give back to not just artists, but like your church people, the people who work, the leaders, that their salaries, part of it comes from the offering plate. Let's just call it what it is. So just hopefully you guys think about that and can come up with some creative ways for that as as well. Amen. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on today. This is super fun. We should do this again. I know mm-hmm. we should. Like, I'm dead serious. I really want to like, do an unplugged concert in my living room, move out all the furniture, set the lighting, and then have y'all like stream it or something. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, we can like host. Yeah, we could do like a little like between, like we do the skits. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's boundless. Yeah. Yeah. Boundless way of looking at things. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I'm always I'm always happy to be involved in in any way in the creative projects that you're working on, Tyra. So thank you for including us. This has been fun. For sure. Thank you for letting me do this. Um, I appreciate it. Um, Zach, I appreciate it. Matt and everyone that's listening. Um, I'm really, really excited for you all because I know at the end of this, you're either going to laugh, cry, or realize you were born to rain. So get out of the darkness, shine that light, <laughs> or stay in the darkness and shine your light anyway. You know, that's the time where you need to shine it the most. So um, yeah, I hope I hope you all continue to listen to The Vinyl Preacher. I got some dope, dope stuff coming, so keep, keep tuning in. <laughs> Thank you. If you made it to the end of this episode, if you make it to the end of any episode, you uh, you are our best friend.